Live from the fish tank, it's your host Ronnie back with another episode of the DSAC Fantasy Podcast. Good one as always, folks. Basketball playoffs start, well, as you're listening to this, yesterday. So, a lot to go over. And as per usual, we welcome on Chris to talk basketball with us. He's kind of my designated basketball person for basketball related topics on the pod. So, get a uh, good conversation with him looking at these first round matchups and he and I both talk about how we expect the second round and eventually the finals to go so if you're looking forward to perfect predictions absolutely zero margin for error on on how we uh how we tell you how this is going to end because let's be honest here you think we're going to be wrong no come on uh, go ahead and listen to that, and you'll be uh, very informed and very educated on who's going to win the championship this year. So beyond that, uh, I mean, we do kind of talk a little bit of hockey uh, and even less baseball, but, you know, Chris isn't on a whole lot, so we got to touch on all the bases that we can here. But very good conversation in general, and I don't want to make you guys wait too too much longer so let's move right into that all right and now with the basketball playoffs upon us it is time once again for our preview episode and if it's a playoff preview episode there's a pretty good chance we have chris on so welcome on chris hello hello how are we doing tonight uh i'm doing all right it's busy busy work schedule right now um wife is in london so i'm all and my Roommate is in Houston, so I'm all alone. A little spooky, but thankfully the cats run around, and that lets me know that it's them and not the ghost. Otherwise, I'm, I'm doing well. Cool. I'm glad we can uh, we can fit you in here with your busy schedule. Of course. I've got Overwatch to play, so yeah, people well, are people are asking for me. <laughs> well, this I think this will be a a fun time regardless. Although I will say this would have been a little more fun had it been how Barry projected it. You know, he thought it would be me versus you. You know, having having that dynamic here, but I think we'll have our a good time regardless. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We would just say, oh no, you're gonna win. No, you're gonna win the whole time. So maybe it's going this way. <laughs> you're probably not wrong. Let me tell you why my team is the one who sucks more. Uh, well, you see, if you look at the roto table here, I'm actually seventh, and there's only six teams that make the playoffs. So theoretically, yeah. I'm not even good enough. All right, right. All right. So where do we want to start here? Let's start with your matchup. You've got uh, you get the big matchup here. Uh, well, first, that Sunday was amazing with Josh and Mike just duking it out. That was. Yeah, this has been. Have we, across all sports, do you recall any, like, chaotic race to the playoff like that? No, I think this will, I guess, maybe football to a lesser extent. But I knew coming in to this uh, to this matchup, I think we talked about, this was going to be the most competitive league. There's a lot of teams that were, you know, playoff worthy. Yeah. And exactly as, you know, we kind of thought it would work, work its way out, that you, me, Mike and I think like Keith were like well I guess I thought Keith was definitely given but you you me and Mike I thought kind of on the bubble to get into the playoffs so one of us is going to be unlucky and it turns out it was it was Mike yeah it's unfortunate for Mike but he's uh, he's been reminded of that multiple times so far today yeah poor guy poor Mike just missing the playoffs again 
Hey, Mike, you missed the playoffs. Yeah, I, I can't relate, Mike. Sorry. At least not this year. And it's, <laughs> to be honest, it is partially my fault that he did miss because, you know, with the whole Spencer coming back thing, probably yeah. probably would have made it had he been playing Murph. But, but alas. Better luck next time. Maybe you shouldn't have. Maybe you shouldn't have lost to a team that had like forty fewer category wins than you did, Mike. <clears throat> All right. So let's talk about your your match. How are you feeling about it? You definitely got the tougher of the two. This whole time, I thought I was going to have that first round, and I was I was not particularly happy about that. But how how do you feel going up against King instead of Josh? Well, I I would have rather probably played Josh, but. As we kind of got closer to the end of the week and I realized I was not going to be the three seed, uh, I had kind of been locked in on you potentially being my opponent. And I will say I'm glad I'm facing Ping and not you. Um, Not because I think Ping has a worse team, but because I think the things that I am really good at, you are also really good at. I think there's a little more difference in build between Ping and I. Whereas if you come in, you just out-rebound me and you have a good three-point shooting week, I'm completely neutralized. Whereas I yeah. think I can probably, hopefully, take those categories against Ping, and that leaves me more paths to victory, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah no, I hear what you're saying. We kind of had a, a bit of a preview of that. I think I ended up winning 5-4 or something like that, but it was super close down to the final day with yeah. everything. So uh, I kind of agree with that. I'd rather have Josh than you or Ping, personally, but I was glad to get josh just because of games played this was going to be a tough well we'll get to mine but yeah there's all in all it was going to be tough in terms of you know big players playing multiple times yeah especially with you you have two you know relatively important guys both playing just two games but like you said we'll we'll get to that because i i too was looking ahead at your your future schedule like okay oh god what am i up against this week and then we woke up and saw the espn had different plans for what the matchups were yeah, I was surprised. I was even typing as though I was up against Ping before that. I was like, "Oh, oh, no, wait, no, no, I'm, I'm against, I'm against Josh." Yeah, but not exactly thrilled that here we are on Monday night in Isaiah Stewart, Anthony Simons, Yusuf Nurkic, and Bojan Bogdanovich are all still out. Um, yeah, that's right. Was hoping to have you know at least one or two of them back. And to be quite honest, uh, Valanchunas is still questionable. We have, we don't know if he's actually playing or not yet, so he could also be out for tonight, which would not be fun. Yeah, rebounds. I think rebounds are going to be pretty close between y'all, so having your big rebound guys gone, that's rough. Yes. It's good that you have Curry, though. I thought you were – so I, a, a couple of weeks ago, I actually wanted to go up against you first round because you had a lot of injuries to big names that – we're supposed to be out about three weeks. I think Curry only lasted two weeks. So you kind of got lucky there, I think, a little bit. Curry was out four weeks. His, his his previous game was February 4th, and then he played again on the 5th of March. Ah, well, perfect timing for you. Then. Yeah, yeah that, that literally could not have been any any better, being back literally, <laughs> literally the night before the playoffs. Like, thank God. Just for the playoffs. A game to get warm again. Get the rust off, and now he's good to go. I hope Playoff Curry. Going to need him and Lillard big time here. Um, although Ping does have his own injuries. Zion, as usual, finds his way to the IR. Uh, LeBron James is out probably for the entirety of our playoffs, most likely. 
Kenrich yeah. Williams is out for the season. I don't know if Kenrich Williams is really a needle mover by any means. Uh, I saw like uh, a Yahoo update, Zach Collins, parentheses, Victor Wamanyama out. <laughs> so we'll see how, how that goes. But yeah, this is not loving the fact that Bam and Mitchell and Ingram are all playing tonight. I don't know offhand how many of them have four game weeks, but presumably if you're playing Monday, you've got um, a pretty good chance. Yeah, all, all three do. Because okay. whenever I was previewing myself against Ping, I was like, fuck. He's got all these players with four game weeks, and those three all have four. Yeah. Like, I'm. I think you might have two others as well. Yeah. But I think I kind of mentioned this in the chat here, but like Lillard has a four game week, and then the Warriors play three yeah. this week. So I was, th- I was, I was looking at Ping's schedule a little bit, and I wasn't like, I didn't have any like deathly fear of his schedule, I guess. Just because like I, I'm hoping here that I could get enough volume from you know, the Blazers and Warriors that I can hang in there at the very least. But I think this will be a really, really tight one. Let me pull up the roto table here real quick. Not that that means anything, but just to kind of just to get an idea of like maybe what categories Ping has been better than me in and uh, the opposite way here. So Ping should win field goal percentage. He was best in the league at that. I beat him in free throw percentage. I beat him in three pointers. I beat him in rebounds. Barely beat him in assists. He uh, beats me in steals and in blocks and in turnovers and barely in points. So I would not so be really su- close. Really yeah. close. I would not be surprised if this is a five four either way. Yeah, that's what it sounds like, especially with you losing your big rebound guys game one. That's going to be tough to come back from. Fuck, Fox is out. Oh. Mm. I mean, I'm. We'll see. Like, Draymond is still a decent rebounder. Curry is a really good rebounder for a guard, which helps. Avdia has his random games where he's he's had a few like double digit rebounding performances. Uh, I guess two in the last like, month. I thought he had more than that. But I still have Kessler and Looney. I'm just really kind of hoping that those guys can kind of rebound by committee more or less, and then just give me enough to start the week, and hopefully I get. Nurkic or Balanchunas back at some point. Yeah, that's that's sort of fireable. My rebounding this season hasn't been super great. I don't have great center depth. I only have two guys. So yep. Sabonis is awesome, and Luka is, is a really good rebounder, but everyone else is pretty mediocre, and I just hope that – but, like, all, all my guards are they're good rebounders for the same – like, you said about Curry, they all get about four or five, but – so bonus is the only one with like double digit potential yeah. aside from maybe Luca. I mean Turner gets a good amount too. Or actually he doesn't rebound as much as he probably should. But he's yeah, not he's, a, he's not a he's, negative. He gets less than Luca. He's okay, but you're not getting very many double digit rebounding games from like he has had let's see, he had ten on February twenty third, and then he had a string of four in a row early February, but that's that's usually about it. He's more of like a, a seven rebound guy. Yeah. On all kind of looking at the totality of this thing, if you had to pick who's coming out of this quarterfinal, myself or Ping, and don't f- feel free to not be you know biased here just because you're on my podcast. You can you can speak your you can speak your inner belief here. Uh, let's see. Let me take a look at games played because I know Ping has a pretty good amount. Really, that's sometimes that's really all that matters is having just more games than the other team. Fortunately. Yeah. Mine are a little, yeah. Mine are a little difficult to look at because of the injuries. I mean, Isaiah Stewart has practiced lately, 
Um, yeah. we, I don't know what's on with Bojan. He's had a, a bilateral Achilles tendonitis, but he has played a game since he's been diagnosed with that. So I don't know if he uses yeah, touch and go. Or... Yeah, that's, that's like more of a frustrating situation because you'd rather hear him be all the way out or all the way in. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, you know, you're, you kind of match up pretty well. Uh, I think if I had a gun to my head, well, Kawhi only two games. Ingram has four, Bam has four. That's, I think I would – So I'll give you the edge if Valanchunas and Nurkic um, aren't out for a while. Um, if It looks like Nurkic is definitely out tonight. If that's prolonged, same with Valanchunas, that, you might be in some trouble. Um, oh, man, that's tough. I'm going to give – I think I'll give you the slight edge because you have Curry, and Curry is amazing. And um, for a guard, he, he's such a good field goal percentage shooting guard. Uh, I think he's, was he at over 50% this year? I think yeah, he's at 49% yeah. on big-time efficiency or on big-time attempts. So I think, I think I would give it to you. I don't know. It's really close. You have a really close matchup. You have a really close matchup. That's that's. I think yours is a lot more difficult to call. Yeah, I'm certainly not going to go go against myself. Although, I'll, I'll, for being honest here, I'm not like supremely confident. But I'm just not going to come up here and say, "Yeah, my team's going to lose." Like that just isn't a good look for for your uh, your general manager and your owner to be like this playoff preview like uh, presser. Like, yeah, we're going to lose. So. Actually, you know what? I think I think I'm going to give to Payne. That's going to be my guess. Okay. It's going to be Payne. Edging you out, just edging, edging you constantly. Yeah, and it, plus it balances balances it out. So both of us are saying the other team. So yeah, we have less agreement. And then like the big wild card here too is I don't know like I feel like this hasn't been talked about maybe much outside of like warrior specific circles. But like Andrew Wiggins has been out for like almost a month with a personal issue. It's a little weird. I don't have him on a team, so I don't really know much about him. I didn't realize he was even out. Um, yeah, he's missed like six or seven straight games for personal reasons. And like we don't even have any like inkling as to what it may be, which we don't need to know because it's a personal thing. But but you kind of want to know, right? I mean, you're, you're his GM. Why don't you know? You should have this information on hand. It's, I'm just not not very overbearing. But, okay. but no, it like a personal issue stretching that long is ominous. Yeah. And, yeah, you know, no, just, no doubt. Like, even if it's just kind of like a, you know, like, I'll, I'll be okay or I'll be back at some point here, I feel like that's better than radio silence. But, you know, yeah. it, what's best for him is what's best for him. You don't need to, to rush that. But. Yeah, so, basically, we're both saying the opposite team. I think we both agree it's probably a, a four to five, maybe, yeah. a, maybe, a, maybe a close six to three. Yeah, like a, I think whatever whatever the result, it's going to be within like, you know, sometimes results are like seven one one, but really it's like here's three rebounds, and two threes, and a couple of shots here, and it could have flipped very easily. Yeah. But I think you'll definitely have a numerically close within the stats outcome, regardless of what the the head to head score is. Yeah. Hey, kind of goes back to what you said off the top here with uh, the parity in basketball outside of like Alex. <laughs> There's Alex, yeah. there's a lot of parody, and then there's the tankers. Yeah. And gosh, Alex's team, his, 
it's so underrated because he's been maybe the most injured team all season as well. So he he led the way, like basically first place almost the entire almost the entire time, and he's been extremely injured. And then I'm gonna I'm gonna test your knowledge a little bit here. I posted the roto table earlier, but out of the nine categories, how many categories do you think Alex is either first or second in? If I had to guess, I'd probably say. I mean, it's I've I've looked a lot in the standings, and I always kind of weep whenever I see. I think he's there's nine categories. I'd, I'd say at least seven. He's first or second. Yes, he's not, turn, turnovers. He's definitely not turnovers and field goal percentage. Field goal percentage or not. There you go. He's second in free throws, threes, steals, and blocks. He's first in points, and then he's first in rebounds and assists. And then he made that savvy move of getting rid of Christian Wood. That was that was big. I was yeah. sad to see that. Harden is playing really well too, which sucks so much. Seeing yeah. A... <laughs> yeah, I wasn't the the biggest fan of that trade, uh, but it is what it is. It wasn't vetoable in my opinion. Whenever I saw that, I was like, oh God, really? How does it do it? How do you all make find these these trades where you can get rid of uh, like a, an asset that I think is sort of clearly declining if you're really paying attention and pulling out a star just over and over again? I'm over here very conservative with my trades because like, oh man, I don't know what I want to do. I mean, I really want to get rid of this guy, and then y'all are just flipping people, and it's working out. You you did in your in a prior life trade a first round pick for Maryland's Noel. So was it a first? Yeah, I was really going for it. Well, that's whenever Maryland's was getting a ton of blocks and steals. And I was really excited about that. I, I thought I was going to be, you know, a championship winner. I got in second barely, but uh, it didn't quite work out for me. But I would I would take that trade back if I could. <laughs> I mean, to be, if, you know, in your defense, yeah, she said you were the runner-up. So, like, is the 13th overall pick really going to be anything like special for you that you're probably yeah, not? I, yeah. So we'll see, but uh, we'll see if I get it. I've been I've been second place twice, um, and I feel like I've never really had the second best team. I've kind of gotten lucky with schedule in the playoffs, which I think happened again with how this worked out for me, which I'll get into, but. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping I, I can get past this yeah. uh, if, first round. If you if you are the runner-up again this year, you might want to start seeing if you can trade your father-in-law for Jim Kelly. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm going to call myself Jim Kelly. Because <laughs> at this point, I might as well change my name. How annoying. Which is, I mean, I feel like that's probably going to be the outcome, to be honest. Um, because for this first round, me against Josh, this was my, like, looking at the three – other playoff teams. I think this is my best situation because we both have, I think, almost exactly the same amount, number of games played for this matchup. You know, obviously, barring add some drops, but we're probably going to be pretty close overall with that, which is really nice because is in terms of his players that only have two games, I mean, that's Chris Paul with two games, Kevin Durant with only two games. Um, Giannis is, he's, I think he's got a three game week, but he's, he's probable for Monday. So he'll probably play, but he's a little beat up. So maybe, maybe he gets rested. Uh, same with Drew Holiday. He's got a three game week, but he's also got a, a sore neck. So he's questionable. He, he's an older dude. Um, Anthony Davis, three game week, but it's Anthony Davis. He tends to miss games quite often. Yeah. Like there's... Uh, he's been on a roll lately, but 
Yeah, I I found it out firsthand. Yeah, with, with Davis, I mean, there's even like a, a viral clip of him like trying out like the new like NBA 2K for the first time, and like he himself playing as himself gets hurt in like five minutes into the game. <laughs> and you like you can like see his face, his eyes like going around the room, almost kind of like he's in like a scene from The Office. You know, you're kind of like, <laughs> is this a prank? <laughs> yeah. Am I getting punked? Yeah, I think I mean, if Anthony Davis misses games. I'm feeling really good about my situation um, because that guy. If he's healthy, I think on a per game basis, he's probably the best fantasy player. Uh, you know, Jokic gets more assists, but no one really gets more stocks than Anthony, Anthony Davis. Uh, so, yeah, like a, a healthy at all hurt. I'm, I'm feeling really good. Yeah, like a healthy Anthony Davis can easily go like like 15 for like 22 from the floor, like yeah, 40 some points, like 40 some right points. Now. 15 rebounds, eight assists, four steals, five blocks. You're like, Jesus Christ, dude, calm down. Yeah, he's, he's a weak winner. It's, it's incredible. But I guess that's that's the downside, though, is he doesn't always play. Yeah. Kevin Durant went on a real heater last week. The point totals weren't, like, there, but he was shooting, like, 80%. <laughs> yeah, he had incredible percentages. Um, but all in all, I mean, the only four-game weeks he has are – Clint Capella and DeLon Wright, which for what they do is really good. Like Capella's got great field goal percentage, great, great rebounding. Uh, DeLon Wright gets a ton of steals. So yeah, he's they, had, they uh, fit to their little areas yeah. quite well. 11 steals for but, DeLon in his last three games. It's, it's ridiculous. But I have a lot of, so I've got a lot of three week guys. Basically, everyone plays three games. I mean, except for DeJounte Murray, who plays four games and is thankfully healthy. And um, DeMar and Levine, who only played two. Now, that's what I was going to get. That's the downside is I've got my Bulls, who only played two games. Both of them for fantasy are quite good. I think they're – see, they are the fifth and sixth best uh, shooting guards. Or, let's see, Zach is the sixth best, best shooting guard. That's what some time missed. And DeRozan is the fifth best uh, – small forward so those are some pretty big that's some pretty big hits especially DeRozan who is great for my field goal percentage and my free throw percentage um, yeah unfortunately I missed Luca's percentages from or his his free throw percentage from that Phoenix game I think he shot like 20 times and made 18 of them or something like that um, his field goal percentage sucked but if he's if he's hitting his free throws that's awesome um but, uh, you know, it's going to come down to health for me. I think if I'm healthy, I win. I'm pretty pretty confident in that. Um, but I'm going to need, I think, oh, no, Fox Fox is out. So no Fox, no Harris uh, tonight, no Kevin Love tonight. So that's uh, that's kind of an immediate dick kick. So I'll have, to, I'll have to overcome that. But it'll be close. I think I have a better chance. But it's going to come down to Saturday at the end of the day because neither of us has much for Sunday and neither of us has really players we definitely want to drop for Sunday. I think Josh has Josh has three guys he could drop for Sunday. I don't know if he'd want to. Like, I don't know if he'd want to drop Caruso, but he could. Uh, he'd probably be dropping Javon Carter. Uh, but I don't really have that for Sunday. Like, I don't – I really don't want to drop Kyle Anderson. Kyle Anderson or Chris Dunn because they've both been fantastic and kind of having those depth role players off the bench is so huge for the playoffs 
that's how I, I mean, that's how I beat Alex last year is I had all these guys who were getting big minutes who weren't particularly like good NBA players, but they were getting starting minutes. <clears throat> so, Olivier yeah. Sar. Yeah. Olivier Sar. Absolutely. Damian Jones, uh, Drew Eubanks. They were incredible. They, they, that's the reason I won yeah. against him. But and of course it backfired the next round against, against Barry, but yeah. Like I will say, like I mean, you know, stat correction, losing a championship aside, I don't think I've seen Alex as peeved as he was by Olivier Sartre. Like he was legitimately, right, right. <laughs> legitimately upset about that. I mean, I would be too because it wasn't like our matchup. He didn't have very many injuries to key players, and he had, I think, he actually had more minutes played than me. So on paper, you think you hear those two things, you think, oh, he's definitely won. But my team just went off he didn't have a bad week by any by any stretch my team just it was stupid like they played incredibly well and it didn't make any sense and then Sar just he sealed the deal whenever Alex was making a nice Sunday push and then was immediately released it's playing too good Thunder couldn't have that so second round if you think you hold on here. Let, let's project, ahead, let's project your matchup. Are you just penciling yourself in here? We're not going to talk about you know the the outcome here. Well, I think I'm going to win. I, I, I do think if if Farks can be healthy after this and Tobias Harris can be healthy after this, and I can get Kevin Love's other three games, uh, I think I think I'll win. Uh, but it will be it, it'll be close. I mean, Josh is obviously a great. He's got a great team. Uh, last week, I think he would have beaten me, actually. Um, he had a really good week last week. He done Sunday. What's that? He had a real good week, week, week last week. <laughs> I, think I, I think I know what you're saying. Yeah, let's let's do that before I, uh, before I mess up my words here again. Yeah. And on Sunday, I have, let's see, one, two, three, four, five. I've got six players, potentially seven players. Tis, I want to say four. So I have a... Depending on how ad drops go, have a slight Sunday advantage. They're not good players outside of Murray, but yeah. they're people, they're bodies. All right, so we're thinking you advance. What? I'm thinking I am. What per, about you? What do you? What do you think? I'd probably lean you too. I I think you probably have a better. Like if we we're talking like like a betting line here, like I feel like you'd have better odds of beating Josh than either one of Ping or I would have advancing. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Like, I, I give me sixty percent while y'all are both like fifty-five, forty-five, or like fifty-seven, whatever, or fifty-two, forty-eight. Yeah. Like, it's really close. Yours is much closer. Yeah, but I mean, if we're talking about these matchups as the quarterfinals, this this could be real fun. Yeah, absolutely. This basketball is great. I, I love how I love and hate how competitive basketball is because I don't want to miss the playoffs. I'd like to at least win one championship in basketball, but um, I have such a, I've, everyone has such a good team that it, it wouldn't surprise me if I did. Yeah. It really is a nice um, opposite of hockey where essentially, yeah. you know, you know, three of the four playoff teams and like the regular season, just a, which one of like three possible teams is going to sneak into the fourth seed and more than likely yeah. lose at a one seed. <laughs> which is going to be, you, you got lucky, man. That's, that's nice. That little, your team has fought well this season. Now that you're in the first seed, I mean that's that's pretty nice. That's pretty nice. You got to be feeling good. I will say it. 
I'm and you have the easy matchup for this week, so you're definitely the first seed. Yeah, and like it, you know, assume just theoretically, I could lose it, but I think everybody kind of sees running the ball here. That's probably going to be me. Yeah, um, I will say it makes my margin of error a lot less. I'm running a strategy that is, I mean, like anyone who follows fancy hockey can kind of see what I'm going for in having that that tiebreaker in the event of a 6-6 is huge for me yeah yeah for this sport absolutely because goaltending can go either way and um yeah i'm, I'm kind of banking on having the better goaltending each week of the playoffs which hey takes just one or two bad games for that to go out the window but yeah so second round of uh basketball you got you got alex how do you feel about that before looking at games played who you have playing? What? How do you? How are you feeling about that? Um, not great, but yeah. I don't think. I mean, I'd have to. I can go back look at the uh, look at my calendar here, but I don't think I've had Alex wipe the floor with me this year. Um, so you're feeling. So you're saying you're gonna you're gonna beat him. You're gonna beat his ass. That's what I'm hearing. No, I'm saying like I don't feel great about it, but I don't have like an overwhelming sense of impending doom. Okay, so week week four, he beat me 7-2, but this was kind of one of those ones where you talked about where the categories themselves are closer than the scoreline would make it seem. Yeah. Um, so I was, I was competitive with him in that matchup, and then our only other matchup, he beat me 5-4. So I think, you know, if I have really good games for my stars, <clears throat> Damon Curry, um, <laughs> I can maybe, you know, David and Goliath this. But I like if I'm betting my own money in the matchup, I would bet on Alex. I just put it that way. Yeah, it's probably a, a safe call, honestly. That's gonna be he's gonna be really tough to beat. Yeah, it's just it's there's just But he's also he's also never made the finals despite I think what that first he's he's never one won or two a, seasons he never lost. He's never won a playoff matchup. Both, both times he's gotten the bye, and both times he's lost in the semis. That's rough. So he really wants he, he wants basketball, I think, more than any other sport. Well, he's basically won That's the rest of them except for football, but his football window hasn't even opened yet. Yeah. Well, uh, he did just make the playoffs, so good for him, unfortunately, yeah. for me and my push for the overall. Yeah, but man, I'm just I, trying to like put myself in his mind. I would be so pissed. If for the third straight season I lost in the semis and it was to me. <laughs> I had I did beat him last year. Did you beat him year one? Or you weren't even in the playoffs year one? This is my first. No, that would suck. This is my first taste of this, yeah. this is my first taste of playoff basketball. Like imagine just you know having like okay I've had far away the best team. Surely this can't happen again in the fucking wall I win. <laughs> of all of all the teams, yeah, I don't know who I'd be for there because I don't want you to be happy uh, and Alex's team is incredible um, and Ping's team is incredible so that's definitely like that's definitely like the, the death side of this of this playoff bracket matchup much more difficult you're like the NBA West you're like the NBA West right now yeah. the Eastern Conference over here yeah the, the Western Conference and the NBA where like any one game can swing a team like five spots in the, in the, in the standings yeah uh, but, if if I do get indeed get past Josh, which I hope I do, uh, I've got Barry for a little 
finals rematch. Um, we, everybody yeah. knows where I stand on this. So. I think it'll be, it'll be close. He's got a really good games played schedule, and he can't pick up Jalen Horde. So I guess those are two different sides of the coin, but he's, he's still got a good team. Uh, he did make it weaker by moving JJJ. Uh, but the players that he has going are, are, are pretty good. Like this really shitty player in Poku, Poku's hurt. So that's not someone taking up his, you know, taking up a spot for him. Uh, Sexton is hurt right now. Anyway, we'll see if he is. Once the second round comes around, but if he is, that's that's a guy who only has two games that he doesn't have to worry about because Texas only has two games to play. That, that, that kind of sucks. But he's got a lot of three and four game matchups. Van Vliet um, has four. Let's see. This is that kind of that may but, not be a bad thing with how hot and cold Van Vliet has run. It would kill his field goal percentage. Yeah. It, it, and maybe. Uh, Van Lee really doesn't turn it over much. Um, but that's great for his steals, though. That's great for everything else. Yeah. But, um, you know, I I would prefer to play Barry over the other four possible teams that could play in the finals, I guess is what I'm really trying to say. I'm yeah. glad I'm going up against Barry if I get past Josh, but I think it'll be another another good matchup, just like all these will be best. And this is going to be a, a backhanded compliment to Barry in a way, but do you agree with the assessment that Barry's team is the best example in our league of the sum of the parts is greater than the whole? Uh, I don't know. Because, like, I look at this team, and, like, I see, like, a lot of players who just in a vacuum, I just don't like their game. But fantasy-wise, they happen to, like, mesh very well with each other. Maybe. I mean, he is the second seed, even though he did have that cupcake final, what, six weeks. Yeah. Um, right now, in terms of, like, I guess record, I might put Ping there. Ping. If that dude's healthy, man, that's that would be a, that's going to be a fantastic matchup. You know, Alex and Ping, if both teams were healthy. Um, maybe, I guess, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I like Barry's team, I don't know. I like Barry's team. It does, though he does have right now a few pieces that don't seem particularly good. I like that he's resting his players. Did you notice that? He's got all his players resting. Well, I, considering the no, fact that, no, yeah, considering that Cam Reddish is in the lineup, I think he probably just yeah, isn't right looking at well. He's got Cam Reddish out there getting reps. <laughs> yeah, but that's, that's a really good bench pickup for him. That's like three U banks right there. Reddish has sucked all season. Now he's finally getting mega minutes with Portland. He's actually playing pretty well. I mean, that is, I think that's highly dependent on a, a certain um, high volume scorer for Portland that is currently out, who could be back at some point during the playoffs. Is that, uh, are you talking Simons? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I think this, the second so Simons comes back, and British probably drops by like five, 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Simons could take some minutes. He could take that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but so, I'm, I'm I'm excited for the playoffs. I'm worried. I, you can't really call either of these matchups, which is a little frustrating when you're one of them. I was hoping I had a cake, <laughs> yeah. but I know. But, so, we ba- yeah. so we basically agree here that it's probably the likely outcome here is probably Alex versus you again in the finals. 
if I had to gun to head make a prediction, I would say it's probably the outcome. Uh, but really, any combination would surprise me. I suppose I can't say again because once again, Alex has never won a basketball player. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Alex. I, I promise that wasn't like an intentional misspeaking, just to like dunk on you. But you, you dunked nonetheless. Yeah. You had to lower the hoop to like six feet for me to get it, but you know. <laughs> All right. And then while we're here, do you mind if I do the, the Barry's Awards? He was kind of hoping I could do it with a guest. Yeah, go for it. All right. So the uh it's still worst to best i think or like the least important awards are the best okay. i'll, I'll kind of have you predict i guess who was gonna win and then i'll lay out the results the rising star award the candidates were anthony edwards sga evan mobley Lori marketing deandre ayton and anthony simons who do you think wins this one so i got some issues with some of this like, I don't know why Edwards or SGA are in there, especially SGA. I guess I could see Edwards because he's a rookie while, like, within the context of our season. Or DeAndre um, Ayton, who's been around things. for, like, five years now. Yeah, right. Uh, I think SGA, who did I, okay. I think SGA will win, but I almost wonder if maybe Larry or Simons should or should actually be the winners, just because these are guys who, who you probably, I mean, let's, let's be honest, Laurie Arkinen seemed like he was closer to being out of the league than being the number one, I think the number one power forward this year might've been ranked or close to it. Um, like no one would have predicted that. Right. And Simon's, I mean, he's always kind of, he's kind of been on the up and coming at me. I've, I've, I was big on Simon's before this league started my other league. Um, and whenever I had, we hadn't quite hit that point yet, but I was, uh, I was definitely a guy who was a fan of Simons. Yeah. That was some, uh, I, that was some real big found money in me when they traded McCollum and I happened to be the one holding Simons like, Oh, this is great. This is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I was really sad to see that you had him. Uh, so I think, I think SGA wins. I think SGA is probably the best player of all those guys, but, uh, I think maybe it should just because of the surprise factor, Maybe Markinen or or Simon should get it. Okay. So who, who how did how did it turn out? Okay, last place with zero votes was DeAndre Ayton. Yeah. Tough scene. Um, fifth place was Anthony Simons. Uh, okay. who, well, it, who admittedly yeah, he was not even on my ballot for what it's worth. Like even I didn't vote for him. <laughs> considering yeah. considering the people here. Evan Mobley finishes fourth. Anthony Edwards finishes third. And then first place, Shea goes Alexander, which means Markin is in second. Okay. Um, I voted for SJ first. I had Laurie third. I think I should probably should have put him second. I mean, I, I went SJ Mobley Laurie. That's kind of how just because I think Mobley has a better future outlook than Laurie, but I would it wouldn't have hurt me if Laurie won him at all. Yeah. Because I think he's definitely deserving given the, the season he's had. All right. The GM Value MVP Award, which I think will be fun because you do your own Value MVP. The candidates are Brooke Lopez, Gary Trent Jr., Derek White, Nicholas Claxton, KCP, and Mikhail Bridges. 
who do you think is the winner here? Or which names do you think stand out, I guess? Um, let's see. I you know I don't even know what kind of season KCP is having, so I'm gonna guess that he's it's not him. Uh, Derek White is just kind of okay. Gary Trent Jr., not the best shooter in terms of field goal percentage, really doesn't do a lot outside of threes and steals. Uh, so the three the three people I picked were Bridges, Claxton, and Lopez. I know Lopez won it. I think I gave it to Lopez. Um, Claxton says has had a pretty good season. I think I picked Bridges. I'm a big Bridges guy. So whenever I pick these, I don't look at player rate or anything. Just who, who as an actual player in the NBA do I like? Uh, so I, I went Bridges, and I think that's who won it all with Claxton and Lopez next. Um, but Lopez, I definitely think, would deserve it. It's probably probably where I should have gone with it, but yeah. I'm just such a big Bridges guy. Yeah, because you took Lopez yourself for DSAC. Like all, all around on, on the the award sheet at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. He was definitely far and away the best value. Maybe. Right. KCP finishes dead last, yeah. which probably shouldn't be surprised. He's had some good weeks here or there, but he's like not like great. Um, Derek White finishes fifth. Gary Trent Jr. finishes fourth. Yeah. Third place, Nicholas Claxton. Okay. And first place, Mikhail Bridges. Yeah, look at me. I'm calling it over here. Brooke Lopez is in second. And I know if you want to do like the actual math, like dividing PR by the salary, Lopez might actually get it. But man, I I would have a hard time going against Bridges. He was phenomenal this year. And he's only going to be even better next year now that he's the number one option on the team. Yeah. I was I was trying hard to get Bridges for Mike. I really was. I was I was offering some stuff, but um he would not move on. If he had, he'd be in the playoffs, by the way. But he wouldn't do it. And I, I get it. I get why he didn't do it. Man, I, I'm such I'm such a big Bridges guy. I was so sad to see how cheap he got Bridges for. Because um, I, I thought, there's no way he'd move for that. But, so I didn't even try to. I think that's my biggest issue with trades. I don't offer what I feel like are like easy rejects. I'm, I'm kind of a conservative trader anyway, but... I feel maybe it's I just put my own valuation on it instead of just trying to see what the other person's valuation is, and I don't get these these great deals. That's a that's a really good deal for Bridges. Yeah, uh, the the ironic part here is I believe Mike actually traded him away originally yeah. to get Franz, and then he got him back. <laughs> Pretty good ROI. So who'd you who'd you vote for here? Uh, I think it probably probably the order they went in: Bridges, Lopez, Claxton. Um, Rising Star Award, I think I probably did the same order to it. I know I had SGA first and Laurie second, and I assume I probably had Edwards third. Edwards and Mobley, I don't know if it actually really matters way after the votes. But, yeah. Uh, Rookie of the Year Award. This is interesting because when I got the results here from Barry, we had a different winner than the actual winner because his or- original uh, ballot had a couple ineligible players as his tradition with Barry's rookies. He's never... 100% perfect on those. Um, so he had to... Me either. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, so Barry had to, like, resend it out, and I guess he had to go back and get a an updated ballot from somebody who actually changed who won Rookie of the Year. Oh, okay. So the ballot here is Walker Kessler, Jalen Williams, Scotty Barnes, 
Benedict Matherin and Trey Murphy the third. What do you uh, think? Who do I think won? I think so. We know that Kessler actually won it in the actual league. Uh, those blocks are just they're so they're so valuable. Um, I had I actually picked him second because I whenever I do these I kind of think of like obviously Kessler's blocks are going to give him a big a big number there. Uh, I kind of like the all-around players, which is also why I picked uh, Michael Bridges over you know, Brooke Lopez. Except for uh, when it counted on the sheet. Say that again? Except, except for when it counted on the sheet and you took yeah, Lopez. Totally. Um, so I, I think Scotty Barnes is better thought of within the league. Um, that's who I picked. I like his all-around stats. He hasn't made the, that second-year jump that and the actual NBA that you'd hope to see, but I do like that he does a little bit of everything. So I went, I went Barnes, Kessler, and Mathurin. Uh, I have a feeling Barnes did get it. Um, I could actually, I, I think I should have gone Trey Murphy over Mathurin, um, but oh well. I think Bar Barnes gets it. Kessler clearly deserves it. Uh, this was a really good set of rookies. So really, really tough, tough year for rookie of the year. Yeah. Um, fifth place, Benedict Matherin. Fourth place, Trey Murphy the third. Wow. Okay. That's for what it's worth. I had that, I had him second on my ballot. Yeah, that's that's partly my fault because I just forgot about Trey Murphy whenever I was picking those picks, but uh, I did know that he had been having a great season. Yeah. Third place is Jalen Williams, who I also had third on my ballot. He's was been really good lately. He just had the misfortune yeah. of not really getting the playing time early on. Yeah, that's why I didn't have him in my top three. And then first place, after a recount, Walker Kessler. Oh wow! Okay, there you go. Yeah. Do you know who the uh, who the one owner was, or what? Maybe it was me. I do not know, but they put in a, an invalid vote for Mobley, and Barry messaged him again to get an unupdated Rookie of the Year ballot, and Kessler uh, was his number one after Mobley was ruled ineligible. So okay. moved Kessler above Barnes. Because Barry was giving these to me. He gave me the, the Rising Star Award. I liked it. He gave me the Value MVP Award. I gave it a heart. He gave me the Rookie of the Year Award. I had two messages calling it an absolute joke. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking joker. Yeah, so... You know, I'm just glad that, that uh, Kessler got his due. I'm a very big Walker Kessler fan for obvious reasons. I think he's been yeah. fantastic. He kind of reminds me of an even better, to an extent, version of whenever Rashawn Holmes was killing it. Because Rashawn Holmes was great with field goal percentage rebounds. He has pretty good stocks as well. And I know, um, you know Kessler, his, his big thing is the same. Yeah. Even more so with the blocks it would be really funny if he just ends up being better than evan or uh rudy gobert <laughs> it's just it's he, we'll see if he i haven't watched him play this year i know his big issue was he's kind of slow but he's playing he's, he's playing for utah right yeah not minnesota i think yeah so we'll we'll see what happens if that team becomes really good um but I mean, the team's probably not going to be a big time contender for a while, so maybe he gets keeps getting those regular minutes because his his 
his little draft, whatever, what's the word I'm looking for? Not pedigree. Um, profile was that he's a bit of a slow mover and he clogs the paint because he can't shoot. Yeah. But if he's getting minutes, I mean, same thing with Gobert. But if he's, if he's getting minutes, he's going to produce. Yep. You just hope it's not like a Luca Garza situation. Oh, I, I don't think that's the case at all here, luckily. Um, I, I think one of the things is, like, I'm not watching Utah games, obviously. But from yeah. like, the, the real-life stuff I see, like, I hear people talking about him, like, he's got a good basketball IQ to the point where he can kind of mitigate his cement feet by, like, just being in good spots. Yeah, and that's important. You can get around it with that. That's, that's a guy who's probably going to be a 20-plus-minute guy for most of his career. Yeah. Just because of being smart, unlike Christian Wood, who's – constantly criticized for having really low basketball IQ despite being a pretty decent player offensively. Yep. And like if you know with if you can get you know double double with like two and a half blocks per game from Kessler, very happy with that. Yeah. And that leads us to the grand finale, the MVP award. We have SGA, Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic, Jason Tatum, Damian Lillard, and Lori Markinen. Uh, I think obviously it's going to be Jokic, right? He's already won the MVP before in every sense, like both his awards, our awards, the NBA's award. Uh, he's having possibly an even better season. He's been, he's been excellent. Um, I also voted for him for MVP, but uh, I had S- I, I liked SGA a lot this season. Wow. Um. If SGA was to win it, it wouldn't surprise it would surprise me, but I wouldn't say he's undeserving. Uh, but he's been because he's he's added quite a few stocks to his his totals here, which you don't normally see from a shooting guard, so he's highly valuable. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think you can not vote for Jokic. Although I will say, I did hear from somebody who did their ballot based on almost kind of like how like a real life uh, voter would do it. Nathan was not a good team this year. So I did, I did hear from an ano- a voter who will remain anonymous who did not oh, yeah. vote for Nikola Jokic because Nathan's team was just not good. So Jokic's that's, performance was not really relevant or valuable in the grand scheme of things. That's like the shitty baseball Hall of Fame writer who refuses to do one of the first ballot sort of, sort of nonsense. Whoever that is is a joker, absolute joker. Well, they're going to remain anonymous. Um, what a joker. Speaking of Joker jokers, for not voting for Joker. Yeah. Uh, dead last was Laurie Markinen, who also gets the dreaded no votes note from Barry. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Laurie. Number five, Damian Lillard, which I mean, hey, I'm I'm happy that I have another top five MVP voting an MVP player when Steph Curry missed like two total months in the season. Yeah. That makes me feel good inside, knowing that Curry missed all the time and I still have a a, a viable candidate. Number four was Joel Embiid. Number three is Jason Tatum. I will say there was a note here that Tatum and Embiid tied on points, but Barry used player Raider score as a tiebreaker, so Tatum goes ahead of Embiid. I don't think anyone should really take any issue with that because third place in the GM MVP award is meaningless anyways. Yeah. And then first place, Jokic SGA. Jokic SGA. It's Jokic. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. Even with that one Joker not voting for Joker. It's still Joker. I mean, did he did he average like a triple double this year to this point? I think he did. Yeah. Unlike Westbrook, it was a real triple double. <laughs> like not a horribly inefficient. Stephen Adams lets me get rebounds, sort of triple double. 
Yeah, not a. I'm gonna or average triple double. And my team's gonna be with the eight seed. Yeah, twenty four and a half points, eleven point eight rebounds, and ten point zero assists. With average, if you combine the steals and blocks, you get two stocks per game. Which is really good. That's I mean that's solid. <laughs> that with might, the stocks. That, that might be an understatement. <laughs> yeah, with the stocks, I mean, I was like, oh, oh wow. the, the the triple double is amazing. Yeah, and then the, the percentages too. He's like a 60, yeah. 60 something percent shooter, I believe. Yeah. And then he's like above seventy five from the line, maybe. Like he's a good free throw shooter for a big man. Yeah, yeah, six thirty. Yeah, six thirty four from the field, eight nineteen from the line. That's really good. So. So fun. All right. Yeah. I, I think I picked all the no. Yeah, yeah. I picked all no Kessler. I didn't get the year correct. Got the rest correct. Well, that's okay. We all we all learn from our mistakes. Yeah. Whoops. And then I guess while I have you here, I'm gonna let you go here play uh, whatever video game it was gonna be. I already forgot what it was here shortly, but probably Overwatch. Yeah. yeah. Or Hawker Path Trap. What you? Uh, it, you know, I don't have. It's been a minute since I've had you on. I just want to give like a general thoughts here on the state of your hockey team going into the playoffs, and then maybe we can touch on a little bit of like opening day, just very big, basic like opening day type stuff. Hockey. Well, I've got a super tough matchup. We're going to be up against Alex, and I'm not going to have the tiebreaker, so that's rough. Um, but you know, I, I think, I think I'm definitely the third best team. Um, I think the records are correct. That's fine. I just, I, don't know, I just really love my hockey team, just a, as a team, like regardless of outcome yeah. of these playoffs, as you really like them. And that's kind of tough because. It's hard to move players, like improve my team whenever I really like the players. Yeah. Um, which is why I like to do deals like I did. I move picks and maybe some prospects I'm not super uh, affectionate toward. And I've finally gotten rid of anything and everything that I have. So I won't be able to improve my team more going forward because I love everybody. Yeah. But that's okay. Like I, I'm cruising. I'm, I'm comfortable with whatever happens. Um, you know, send them, whatever. Yeah, I mean, with, with us, the, the big three, so to speak, I mean, any one of us could win the title and it would most likely be deserved. Yeah, yeah. It's not going to be really, I mean, it could come up to just the luck of injuries and, or just having enough players, but none of them would be like, oh man, like, you know, with maybe with Barry last year, even though I called it, uh, no one's going to be like, oh man, it's kind of out of nowhere, you know? Yeah, it's, it's pretty clear. You're not gonna have unless like, gets it, you know. You never know. Yeah, there's just gonna be no like AHL player who just pops up. We grab him because no one ever thought the draft, and he's gonna like pop off like ten goals in a week. Like that just you're yeah. not gonna have that that Jalen Horde esque like character arc in hockey. Yeah, but I will say the one thing you have going for you though is if you have a good goalie week, you're next to impossible to beat. Well, I, I wish that was the case, but um, I have definitely fallen back on those banger categories this year. Uh, I think both of y'all have me in hits and blocks, or at least the, so one of y'all has me in, in each at the very least, if not both. So I'm kind of missing out on some big categories, and you know, special teams points can always go either way, and goals and assists, you know, those could really go either way. Yeah. Uh, I like the trade I did. I think it actually puts me in a competitive situation with face-off wins because 
I think both of y'all had me in that as well. Yeah, seeing um, you get better at face-off wins and then seeing myself go and get Ryan O'Reilly in response and then O'Reilly immediately fracturing your fingers. Yeah. Not, don't don't love that. Don't love it. But So I knew I knew one of you was going for Jenner because I was bugging Ping about a few players. He would not move to Miller. Um, <clears throat> so uh, Brock Nelson and, and um, you know, Jenner were obviously the kind of the big guys you want to go after just because of their eligibility. Um, and he had kind of mentioned that someone had already made, it, made an offer on Jenner. So he's like, I'm just moving Nelson right now. And so I offered what I offered, but I said, the only way I'm doing this is if I'm getting Jenner as well. I figured it was, I, I thought it was actually Alex, but I think it ended up being you who was going for Jenner initially. Yeah, I. Yeah, yeah. Admittedly, I mean, I'm sure I'm biased in this. I thought my offer for Jenner was better, but ultimately, I mean, you went for a couple guys, so you get a bigger. Um, I'm gonna choose my words carefully here. A bigger um, asset arrangement to offer because you're going for multiple guys than what I did for just for one guy. Yeah. But. Yeah. I mean, yeah, hey. I was, uh, I was, I was happy to cock block on that. I was hoping you would make any moves afterward because of that as soon as is too late and there weren't a lot of guys or something like these cats there stop it um i was hoping you wouldn't make a move and i was hoping alex would make a move um and so i went out and i traded with ping <laughs> yeah and then and you immediately got ryan o'reilly so i was like ah, and tom wilson annoying. just to try to get more hits if i could oh yeah 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 so I was pretty annoyed to see that. Um, I was like, well, he just negated the moves I made. But I think long-term, I'm pretty happy about those trades anyway. Because um, I, I love Seth Jarvis as, as, as a player and as, as a winger. But, you know, he's he could end up getting face-off wins at some point in his career, but it doesn't look like that's going to be the case in the short term. So I was I was okay with moving him. I yeah. uh, didn't really care about Perun. I don't know how to say that, the guy's last name. Yeah, Perunovic. Just because I feel pretty, pretty good on the demon. I I, I need some D scoring, but <laughs> phrasing. But I was, as a prospect to be moved, I was I was okay with that. Yeah. So I I, I, I feel good about that the, the deal going forward for at least the next two years. Yeah, and then I think for the most part. Most of our teams here are relatively healthy. I mean, I lost O'Reilly. I'm not going to get Landis Cog back, which kind of sucks. Um, it looks like yeah. Evander Kane is a recent IR addition for you. And I don't know when John Carlson is coming back, if at all. Uh, yeah, I don't think – it's. I've seen updates where Carlson is skating around, but he just got slashed in the face. I think he's just, he just doesn't go out there without looking pretty, which is kind of a, a pussy move why I won't be re-signing him this offseason. He, he did need so to have really, his he did need to have his ear surgically reattached, but <laughs> you need your ear out there? No. Get your ass out there, dude. Um I have seen that Kane could come back this week. That would be nice because I could really use those hits and that scoring. Timo Mir's ready to come back, so that's cool. I just when I have a trouble picking who I want to I want to drop. Because I did move I did move Patrick Kane because I was going to resign him next year uh, for a second, but that is a big hit to my scoring and to my, especially now that he's with, was it the Islanders or the Rangers? Rangers? Rangers. Rangers. Yeah. That's going to be a big hit there. 
and that's a lot of shots, but he doesn't really do anything else. So I think it's it's kind of an advantage for me, but I'm not really sure who I want, who all I want to drop. I have to make some tough decisions. And then Alex, and Alex is looking like Martin Fairberry, Ryan Johansson, Jonathan Taze, and Sean Corrali are his injured players. If you don't want to count Robin Leonard, who's out for the year anyway, who didn't even play at all this year, yeah. I don't really want to count him. Um, but yeah, that's big face-off win loss there for Alex with yeah. three centers who will most likely not. Johansson's out for the year. Taves is basically out for the year, and Corrali's out for at least the rest of our fantasy playoffs. Yeah. Now, he did make a move for Hyman. I thought about going after him as well. Um, but once I made my move, I really wasn't anything left in the chamber to go to, to, to do that. But um, I would say he, his strategy is probably – Punting faceoff wins now because I think did you have the number one? Are you the number one faceoff team? I I I should be by like a considerable margin. But, uh, yeah, yeah, you're, I, you're uh, a good deal. So he's not gonna he's he's not gonna make any moves for for that. He went for scoring and special teams points. So uh, I think I, I think that's what he's looking for here. Uh, he'll be a, he'll, he's gonna be a tough matchup. We're so close on some stats. Others, he's kind of murdering me. And I will say this right now. I am very glad that I'm probably going to get the one seed because I'm not trying to get out ahead of my skis here because I swept Alex in the regular season. But I like my odds against him more than I like my odds against you, just based on how all three of our teams are built. So the fact that the current likely playoff bracket gives Alex a chance to knock you off before I have to face you is great for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, for sure. The first seed in hockey is definitely the big one, right? Like, like you definitely because even in basketball, like you get you get the buy, that's fine. But you still have a second round of really good play, of really good teams. And this one, it's it's one round, and then you're in. And there's only one quote unquote bad team in the playoffs. And it's always the four seed because the three of us are we're just so close that it you could anyone could win it. So getting that first seed is is huge. It's huge. Yeah, for, like, for perspective here, I'm in first place by half a game. You are only six games back of me. And then current fourth place is 27 and a half games back of me. <laughs> so I think I think Josh did beat me recently. Yeah, um, Josh has a really good team. Like he's, he's got a weird team that can go off at any moment. Because you only need what? I guess six won't do it th- this time. But um, if he has a good goalie week and then – He's really good at assists. He could easily get special teams points that go anyway. But he's got pretty good defensive points. But the dirty little secret here is, though, Josh is not going to be the four seed. It's going to be Paolo. Yeah, that's the way it looks. Because Josh gets to play Alex this week, and Paolo gets to play yeah. Barry. That's that's true, yeah. That's right. So um, If Paolo sets his team, then you always have that kind of extra factor where Paolo sometimes forgets to set his line up. I mean, it would be really unfortunate that it would happen in the playoffs. Yeah, I definitely won't be tagging him over and over some DMs either. Yeah, Paolo's got a he's got a pretty strong team though. I feel like he's won you know goals or assists like multiple times this year. When I, when I do my weekly recaps of which team had the most yeah. categories, most categories scores for each week. Um, and he does have dry cycle. I mean, that's like yeah. baby McDavid right there. Yeah, it's, um, it's a big advantage. 
So I just, I hope that he does give it a real go. Because I feel like, you know, Powell's not really a hockey guy. So even if he does set his lineups, he's maybe not making all the moves. Because usually when I do update the sheets, even if I go weeks at a time, he won't have any moves. He effectively has three all year. So <laughs> if just on that alone, I think, you know, first seed is feeling pretty good about their situation. But yeah, although he does have really good goaltending. UC Saros is really good. I mean, and it's kind of ironic that Jordan Bington has been all right this year. <laughs> what if I told you he had the second worst goaltending in the league right now? Well, he, 3.182 goals against and 8.997 save percentage. He also, like, starts all of his goalies to a fault, though. Like, That's good for you. It's good for you. I know. But I'm just saying, like, you know, if he were to be, like, a little more selective or if he just, you know, gets happened to get, like, some, some decent luck here, like, Saros is fantastic. And then Bennington is – I guess he's below a 900. I thought he was a little better than a, below a 900 this year, so. I'm so glad I didn't get him back. I thought about going back after him drank free agency, but uh, I'm glad I didn't. What a trash back player. <laughs> I love how much you hate him. I hate him, man. One, he's a little bitch in real life. He is. Two, he's a little bitch in fantasy. So screw that guy. The apes gave him a chance. He could turn around, attitude problems. He's seek therapy. Good rinse. I'm glad he sucks. <laughs> All right. And then as we've got, I will hear just to end on it, you said in the chat you're hyped for uh, opening day. How do you feel about your baseball team this year? Uh, have, we ever, have we redone the reset it recently? Are we still recording? I don't know. Um, We're still going. Okay. And so far as my team is concerned, I feel, I feel about the same as I did last year. I think I'm going to finish similarly. I think I'm very clearly a bubble team. Um, you know, injuries could take me, just even a couple of simple injuries. Um, and I need a lot to go right. But I do like my team. Uh, I think we have mediocre pitching overall, which is a good thing as far as I'm concerned. If I can get the same kind of pitching outcome that I had last year uh, with ERA and WHIP or whatever, I, I, I think I'll feel okay about that. Uh, we just need the offense to pick it up. Uh, we brought up Vaughn. To help out there, we uh, I'm glad Varsho can still play catcher. That's that's a big boon right there. Um, if I can get Manessis to kind of maybe not repeat what he did last year in a short period of time, he's not going to have a 900 plus OPS. But if you can just have a decent season, everyone else can just play decent. Basically, what they did last season with a little bit of an uptick from Winker and Walsh, I think I'll squeak into the five next seed. That's probably about where I would you know, predict you to be if I were doing this, you know, kind of like you said, a bubble team, but probably on the right side of the bubble. Um, you mentioned yeah. Andrew Vaughn here. I just want to point out, he just looks like a character from Chicken Run. Yeah, he's, in, he, yeah, absolutely. He is incredibly ugly, and he does look like he's made of clay, right? Claymation. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That is, that is right on. That might be the most correct thing you've ever said. Like, I think the first time I saw that joke was with Joey Gallo, who also, like, when he has like, the big eyes, can kind of look like it, too. But and, Andrew Vaughn in particular. Like, I don't see any yeah, eyebrows does, on this. It looks like just a farmer coming around. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we'll see. There's a few guys who could, you would hope to have bounce back. If Trent Grisham can find his 2020 form, 
even like 70% of it, you'd be happy with that. Yeah. I mean, if, if he and Lariano can hit 240-250, because Lariano's supposed to be number three in the lineup, which is pretty nice, and I can get 80% of Walsh and Weaker from whenever uh, their first season with me, which they're both great, um, I think I'll have a top top four offense in terms of RBI production and runs and, and slash line. And then, you know, if you can have – get a little more consistency from Blake Snell, and if you get a – what's yeah. – I'm asking you as a brace in here, what's the deal with Ian Anderson? Is he going to make the – is he going to make the team? He's projected to be the fifth starter because um, we don't really have a fifth starter. It's him, Allard, or uh, Bryce. No one's particularly good. Allard has always sucked. Um, so I, I think Ian gets it. But we'll see how long he holds on. He was unlucky last year, but he was, but he still sucked. Like he didn't have he, he didn't play to a five ERA, but he played to like a four and a half, so he wasn't that that unlucky. But um, if I get the same season from Snell as he had last year, who was sneaky good, uh, I'll I'll be extremely happy with him. Yeah, he him, did. Gonzo and Gallon were great. Yeah, he did have a better ERA than I thought, but I I think it came with more volatility than you'd like. At this point, that's who he is. He's just a volatile guy. Yeah. So um, I'll I'll take a three five whip from him at the end of the season for sure. A three five whip? You sure about that? <laughs> yeah, he, he could have that pretty pretty easily. Uh, yeah. So we'll see. I mean, it, it doesn't help that uh, I gave you potentially your best two starting pitchers this year. We'll see how that goes. I'm very happy to see what Lodello could do. Uh, I'm disappointed that he plays for the Reds. I'll have to be very selective with his starts. Yeah. But he, um, that dude has real true ace potential. Um, Gilbert, I kind of just look as a guy who, just a quality start getter. I, I don't have super high expectations. He has a weirdly low whip for stuff. I think he's projected like his deeper his stats don't suggest he he's as good as he was last year. But if he can be a three five guy that just constantly gets me quality starts, I'll be happy. I'll be yeah. happy with that. He can be uh, the other Framber Valdez in the American League West, in a way, in that respect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Um, and then you know, Gallon and Gonzo, if they can just be healthy, they're they're both excellent. Uh, Thor is Thor. He's, I mean, I'm not going to resign him, obviously, whenever it comes to it. But he's a fine back end guy. I don't have huge expectations there. I mean, he, he's um, he's worth all. yeah, he's worth the roster spot alone just for the gift, to be honest. Yeah, right. Just for terrible things happening over and over again. Yeah. Um, I like that he's with the Dodgers. That's that's a big plus. Um, if there's any organization I want to see a player go play for, it's it's them. Yeah. And uh, you know, even though he's he was basically a four yard guy with a terrible uh, strikeout, like Caper nine last year, he is coming off a big injury and basically not playing for two years. So I I think I'm like tepidly excited. I, you know, I, I feel like he could improve off that. Yeah. We'll see. Pretty easily. We'll have to see where the, the velo is. I know, like, I believe it's up maybe a smidge from last year in, in camp right now, but, like, mm-hmm. his velocity was, like, way down from, like, Thor. Thor. Yeah. He used to be a 97 now. I think it was, what, like a 92? Yeah. Something like that. So, if, if he's still sitting below, like, 93, 94, that's probably not great for his, his numbers, but... He can still be a 
a, a decent a guy who's not gonna like kill you though. Yeah, and Molly moving to Minnesota out of his bank is pretty great. Um, I'm really expecting a big bounce back year from him because he's plagued by injuries, terrible ballpark. Um, you know, that first year I got him from you, he was actually quite good. He helped me get into just barely get into the playoffs. Um, and last year he was hurt or trash, but I, I gotta think he's gonna be better this year, especially with the Twins. Yeah, I, I would assume so, but. I mean, kind of like you said, though, I'm just, I'm really pumped. I love fantasy baseball. I think it's my favorite fantasy sport of the four. I'm just really excited to, to see what this season brings for us. You know, this will be another one. I don't know if it's quite as as much parity as basketball has, but yeah. I think there's more parity in this than the other two sports, in hockey and football. Yeah. Well, football doesn't count because football is stupid, but yeah. that's uh, fair. certainly more than hockey. That's very fair. So... All right, I don't want to keep you too long. It's been a little over an hour, so go play Overwatch. Enjoy your yeah. empty house with your cats. And uh, go jerk off and play video games. <laughs> all right. Have a good one, man. See you. Bye. Bye. For the first time in a long time, you guys have managed to not make any trades since the last podcast, so um, thank you for that. Appreciate having a little less work to do, but... With that, we do have the final uh, um, basketball, full basketball recap of the season because we're going to end up having only playoff recaps. That'll only be two matchups apiece. We will only have one more full hockey recap after this week. So for those of you who hate 10 minutes of me telling uh, you guys who did what in hockey this week, uh, good news. You only have to listen to it or skip around it, more more likely, uh, this week and next week. So, got all my stuff in front of me here. Just want to see if Barry has his stuff for me all put up. He does. Nice. All right. Speaking of hockey, let's lead off with it. Records this week. We had two new records at the very, very tip top. Josh. Tied for first in wins. I believe he had eight wins this week from his goaltenders, which is just massive. And yours truly, a new record, not tied, just sole possession of first place for blocked shots. Getting down with the Secret Service here, just throwing our bodies in front of everything, apparently. But without further ado, we can do the first matchup. And I believe this is our belt matchup, but I do just want to, be extra careful and, and check in on this. But yes, this was indeed the belt matchup. Chris beats Kevin 7-4-1 to four to one to retain the belt. Um, we got two wins, 102 saves, 227 goals against, and a 936 save percentage for Aiden Hill. Goal and three assists for four defense points from Shabbat. Five goals, two assists, 15 shots, and three STPs for Hints. Two goals, four assists, 19 shots for J-Rob. McKinnon with four goals on 19 shots. Nurse with 15 blocks. Larkin with 55 face-off wins. Two goals, three assists, 18 shots, and 10 hits for Brady Kachuk. Two goals, three assists, and three STPs for Tyler Sagan. Three assists for Eric Hall. A goal and four assists for Joe Pavelski. And 12 hits, 10 blocks for Radko Gudis. On Kevin's end, we got two wins, 80 saves, a 135 goals against, and a 952 save percentage from Bobrovsky. Two wins, 78 saves, a 241 goals against, and a 940 save percentage from Linus Allmark. We got a goal, four assists, and four STPs from Jasperi Kokaniemi. Four goals, two assists for Stutzla. 
Three assists and defense points for Riley. Goal, four assists for Schwartz. Two goals, three assists and 12 hits for Barbashev. We got Ping beating Barry, 9-2-1. We got 17 shots from Kaprizov. Goal, three assists and four defense points from Dougie Hamilton. Goal, six assists and three STPs from Butchnevich. Ten hits for Perron. Two goals, three assists, five defense points and four STPs for Gossis Barry, who was fantastic this week. Ten hits for Connor Clifton, 47 face-offs for JT Comper, 37 face-offs for Mika Zibanejad, two goals, three assists for Mark Scheifele, four goals, two assists, and 17 shots for Jared McCann. On Barry's end, we got five assists from Tolvin and two goals, five assists, and five STPs from Marty Nichas, five assists and defense points for Quinn Hughes, goal and three assists for Keller, three assists and defense points for Sandine, goal, three assists and four defense points for Samuel Girard, 14 hits for Krause, and three assists and defense points for Bouchard. On the median matchup here, right smack dab in the middle, we got Tom tying off constantly, 6-6. Six to six. It's it's not great. I mean, you never want to... When you have the opportunity to beat off constantly, and they're basically begging you to beat off constantly, and you can't, and you just, you know, battle to a stalemate, it's, it's not great. Um, if I were to do... Uh, ads on this podcast. Here's where I would insert one for Roman. Anyways, though, uh, we're going to do Tom, or we're going to do uh, Off Constantly's team first because they have the higher seed in the standings. Uh, so we got two wins, 48 saves, a 1 5 goals against, and a 9 4 1 save percentage for Jeremy Swayman, 11 blocks from McAvoy, three goals and an assist from Tabo Terravain, 42 faceoffs from Cop. 12 blocks from Ryan McDonough, three goals and an assist from Pavel Zaka, five assists and defense points from Vince Dunn. On Tom's end, a win, 21 saves, a 1.01 goals against, and a 9.55 save percentage from Marc-Andre Fleury. Three wins, 58 saves, and a 1.86 goals against average from Phil Grubauer, who has been, you know, starting to look like a viable goalie again, and I am very thankful for that. Big, big fan of Grubauer, walleye hero for his... His effort in the original, the inaugural season of DSAC Hockey. Would love to see him get back to, to being being good again. Got a goal and three assists for Valerie Nichushkin. 36 face-offs for Suzuki. Three goals and an assist for Kyler Yamamoto. 11 hits for Hag. 16 shots and four defense points for Miro Heiskinen. Paolo beat Josh 8-4. to four. He got a win, 58 saves, a 1-5-3 goals against, and a 9-5-1 save percentage from UC Saros. Goal, 4 assists, and 3 STPs for Debrinkett. 2 goals, 3 assists for Pasternak. 2 goals, 4 assists, and 4 STPs for Ryan Nugent Hopkins. 3 goals and an assist with 3 STPs for Peyton Point. 11 blocks for Pedersen. 16 blocks for Martinez. 12 hits for Stahl. 4 goals, 3 assists, and 7 defense points for Josh Morrissey. Hell of a week for him. 5 goals, 3 assists, 5 STPs for Leon Dreisaitl. Just incredible. Uh, we got uh, on Josh's end, two wins, 70 saves, a 0 for 8 goals against, and a 9.86 save percentage for Philip Gustafson. We got six assists and defense points with four SDPs for Brent Burns, 11 hits for Tanner Janot, 10 hits for Dominic Kubalik, three assists for Brady Kachuk, 12 blocks for Jacob Truba, four assists and defense points for Drew Doughty, three assists and SDPs on 15 shots for Nikita Kucherov. And to see how that 8-4 matchup here, you know, Paolo beating Josh by a score of 8-4, will uh, set up for the playoff seeding. And if Josh can hold on to that seed, or if Paolo's victory over Josh this most recent week will allow their final matchup to uh, decide that Paolo's going to be Josh. We'll see.
We'll see who gets that four seed, but it's looking like it could be Paolo, but we can talk about that when I look over the standings. Because our final matchup to talk about here is yours truly capping off a sweep of the reigning, defending, two-time DSAC hockey champion, Alex. Three matchups, three walleye wins this season, a 7-5 scoreline. All of these three matchups have been very close, so I can't even claim to be you know overly superior here. Things have just broken my way. Two very even teams. I still maintain I don't think I'm the better on paper of the two, but you know things, as I said, have broken my way. So we can lead off here with a win, 23 saves, a 1-0 goals against, and a 9-5-8 save percentage from Karel Vimelka. Got a win, 52 saves, a 0.96 goals against, and a 9-63 save percentage from Elias Sorokin. We got three goals, six assists on 35 faceoffs from Claude Giroux, three goals, two assists for Jack Eichel, 25 hits and 10 blocks from Mo Sider, who had a hell of a week, 42 faceoffs from Patrice Bergeron, 15 shots from Mikhail Backlund, and three assists from David Krejci. Now, I gotta admit, we're getting to the part where I have to talk about Alex's team, and I have made a mistake on my notes. Um, my victory over Alex apparently made Alex's team a complete afterthought to me, and I didn't even bother to write down notes for his star performers. So we're going to do this live, and we're going to pretend like, you know, this, uh, like I had prepped for it. I didn't, so it's going to be a bit, a bit tedious to go through it. Because Alex does have a good team, but like I said, hey, you know, he lost, and I just apparently didn't think anything of his team to, to mention mention these guys on my notes. So nothing in goal to speak of. We got three defense points for Mike Matheson. We've got three defense points for Brandon Montour. Um, 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 um. Five goals for Ajay Kopitar. Goal, three assists, three STPs for Steven Stamkos, four assists and 11 hits for Arturi Lekkonen, three defense points for Eric Carlson, all of them were assists, 43 faceoffs for Sidney Crosby. Um, let's see, what else we got here? We have got four goals, five assists, 18 shots, four STPs for Connor McDavid, three goals for Miko Rantanen. 12 hits, 17 blocks for Braden McNabb. Two goals, three assists for Vladimir Tarasenko. So we can now get back to my notes here. Categories for the week. Goals, 30 for Paolo. Barry with 40 assists. Chris with 340 face-offs. Alex and Chris splitting shots, 225 apiece. Ronnie with 127 hits. Ronnie with 112 blocks. Barry with 19 defense points. Ping with 23 special teams points. Josh with 8 wins. Kevin, 237 saves. Ronnie with a 1956 goals against. And Kevin with a 9368 save percentage. Alex's players of the week. McDavid for Alex and forward. Morrissey for Paolo on defense. And Philip Gustafson for Josh in net. Barry's top 5 of the week. His players. His skaters, rather. McDavid for Alex, Morrissey for Paolo, Drysaddle for Paolo, Mo Sider for Ronnie, and Claude Giroux for Ronnie. And the three goaltenders, Philip Gustafson for Josh, Sergei Borowski for Kevin, Thatcher Demko for off constantly. All right, let's head over now to the standings. And as we sit heading into the final week of the regular season, the Blue Water Walleye are back in first place, a half game up on Fargo. Chris sits third, six games back. He's pretty safe where he's at uh the big matchup the big thing to watch out for this week number four 
Josh is 27 and a half games back. Number five, Paolo is 29 and a half games back. Only two games separate those two. And their matchups could pretty much not be any different in terms of their opponent's place in the standings. So we will talk about that here in a second. Ping is in sixth, 34 and a half games back. Kevin in seventh, 60 games back. Barry in eighth, 60.5 games back. Off constantly in ninth, 86 and a half games back. Tom in 10th, 100 games back flat. Oof. Scoreboard. Who is playing who this week? Your first place, Blue Water Walleye, gets a slide into the playoffs here against number nine off constantly. Uh, second place, Fargo faces fourth place, Josh. Eighth place, Barry has fifth place, Paolo. So there's your defining matchup right there. Josh gets Alex. Paolo gets Barry. Alex and Barry are all pretty much on the opposite ends of the spectrum here in terms of competition. Their levels of competition for their opponents. So you got to think Paolo's going to have a an advantage here. Uh, but we'll see if Alex or if Josh can keep it close, maybe even eke out a win against Alex. And if Barry can, you know, give uh, give Paolo a fight. Looks like Paolo's night has not started out very well in goal. Uh, we'll see how how that affects this matchup. But that means the final two matchups: tenth place Tom and seventh place Kevin. Third place Chris and sixth place ping so that's all there is to talk about for hockey for the week and that means we can wrap this pod up with some basketball only one record it was josh setting a new assists record all alone in first place there first matchup is alex beating paolo seven to two alex got 87 33 and 24 with nine steals and 600 from the field from jimmy butler 106 points and 10 th- uh, three-pointers from somebody. I didn't even bother to write the name down. I am just really putting zero uh, thought towards Alex's teams here. I apologize. That's not not my intention, especially with basketball. Like I'm not even going to try to give Alex a hard time for basketball. That's, that's you know a sport where he's clearly uh, ahead of me, at least in that. Uh, let's see. Matchup 19. Who did that for... Alex, that stat line was, this will load, Paul George. All right, back to your regularly scheduled notes. Uh, 108 points, 26 boards, 40 assists, 17 three-pointers, 969 from the line for James Harden. 11 stocks and 769 from the field for Yaka Pirtle. 117 points, 42 boards, 28 assists for Jason Tatum. 108 points for Booker, 46 boards, and 767 from the field from Plumlee. On Paolo's end, 606 from the field for Bagley. 95 points, 12 threes, 917 from the field for Bain. 118 points, 33 boards, 23 pointers for Julius Randle. We have Nutt beating Kevin 5-4. Nutt gets 952 from the field for Barnes. 28 assists and 7 steals for Trey Young. 16 threes from Devontae Graham. On Kevin's end, 103 points, 20 boards, 24 assists, 13 stocks, 623 from the field from Jalen Williams. Remarkable week for him. And then 14 three-pointers from Grayson Allen. Uh, for Chris, we have him beating Nathan 7-1-1. to one to one. So that's Chris beating I Hate Chris. Ironic. 
Chris gets 615 from the field from Salomo. 12 three-pointers from Cameron. Johnson, 127 points and 14 threes from Zach Levine. 37 rebounds and 683 from the field from DeMontis Sabonis. 605 from the field and 10 blocks from Miles Turner. 8 steals, 600 from the field from Markel Fultz. 88 points from DeRozan. 115 points from Luka. On Nathan's end, 625 from the field on 13 rebounds for Rudy Gobert. 12 threes from Tim Hardaway Jr. 606 from the field from Jaden McDaniels. 80 points and 13 threes from Terry Rozier. 944 from the field from Kelly Oubre Jr. Spencer beat Mike 5-4 in a crushing defeat for Mike, as we'll get to. 105 points, 941 from the line. 13 three-pointers from Tyrese Maxey. Eight steals from Melton. 86 points, 27 assists from John Morant. Uh, we'll see if that 27 assists, is, is, will that number be higher than the games he is suspended for? Eh, we'll find out. <laughs> 97 points, 7 steals, 16 three-pointers from Emmanuel quickly, 7 steals and 7 blocks from Matisse Thibel. Uh, on Mike's end, 80 points, 7 steals from Jalen Brown, 658 from the field from Red Velvet, 123 points from Bridges, 10 blocks from Claxton, 14 blocks from Jaron Jackson Jr. Barry beat Keefe 6-3. He got 93 points from Embiid, 27 assists from Van Vliet, 42 boards, 10 stocks, 850 from the field from Mitchell Robinson, 81 points, 636 from the field from Jalen er, uh, yeah, Brunson, 86 points from Kyrie, 625 from the field from Darius Garland. Keefe gets 86 points, 10 stocks from Jeremy Grant, 600 from the field from Michael Porter Jr., 78 points, 34 assists, 7 steals from Spencer Dinwiddie, 38 assists from Giddy, 606 from the field from Shangun. Penultimate matchup here sees Ping beat Sean 8-1 to retain the belt. 106 points for Beal, 78 points, 917 from the line from Kawhi Leonard, 81 points from Bam, 82 points from Brandon Ingram. On Sean's end, 80 points from Jalen Green and 7 steals from Anthony Edwards. And finally, in a close matchup, Josh beat Ronnie 5-4. to Josh with a his three-headed monster showed up this week. 121, 45, and 27 from Giannis. Derek White shot 9, 23 from the line. Dennis Schroeder had 34 assists. We got 82 points, 37 assists, and 604 from the field from Drew Holiday. 28 assists from Chris Paul. 105 points, 9 blocks from Anthony Davis. 27 assists, 11 steals from DeLon Wright. 40 rebounds, 760 from the field from Clint Capella. 32 assists from Russell Westbrook. 80 points on 69% from the field from Kevin Durant. And on my end, 760 from the field from Kevon Looney, 667 from the field from Draymond Green, 11 blocks and 739 from the field from Rookie of the Year Walker Kessler, 140 points, 8 steals, 13 three-pointers from Damian Lillard, 91 points, 917 from the line, and 14 three-pointers from Clay Thompson, 91 points from Jordan Poole. Category leaders, Chris, 5208 from the field, Nut, 8614 from the line, Alex with 87 threes, Alex with 370 rebounds, Josh with 271 assists, Alex with 55 steals, Josh with 42 blocks, Kevin with 35 turnovers, and Chris with 957 points. Player of the week was Jalen Williams for Kevin. Barry's top five of the week will be Jalen Williams for Kevin, Harden and Butler for Alex, Lillard for Ronnie, and Mikhail Bridges for Mike. Uh, we do a roto table here before we talk standings. We got... Out of a possible, I've done the math I had before. It's nine times fourteen, one twenty-six, one twenty-six. Nice. Out of hundred possible, one hundred and twenty-six points. Alex is in first with one hundred and one. Chris with ninety-two. Josh with eighty-eight. 
Ping with 87, Bear with 84, and Mike with 83. Those would be your playoff teams if it was a roto season. So it's not a roto season. And that means Mike is not in the playoffs because I am. And I had 78 points. Keith with 68, Nathan with 58, Kevin with 48, Paolo with 47, Spencer 39, Sean 36, and Nut 36. Take a look now at the standings. And we got in first place. It's still Alex. He's basically been wire to wire. Um, I'm not. He's he's lost so few matchups in the three years of basketball. It's not even funny. Um, he is eight and a half games up on Scunthorpe, who snuck into the, that second bye. Chris is ten games back. Ping is eleven games back. I am eleven and a half games back, and Josh is seventeen and a half games back. Those are six playoff teams. Mike finishes outside with eighteen and a half games back. Keith twenty two games back. Nathan, 41 games back. Paolo, 46 games back. Spencer, 54 games back. Kevin, 55 and a half games back. Nut, 65 and a half games back. And Sean, 66 games back. So that means Sean finishes dead last, gets the best lottery odds by half of a game. Love to see the final week being so frenetic here with the race for the, the final, uh, the worst spot in the standings for the best lottery odds. The race for the three seed was a lot of fun between Spencer and Kevin. The race for the six seed was a lot of fun. Barry kind of had the two seed locked up with his cake schedule. And then Chris and Ping fighting for the three seed. This was one of the most fun weeks of basketball we've ever seen. I really enjoyed it. I'm going to take a look here quick at the schedule. Well, it's only a few things that we're worried about here because we have fourth place Ping and fifth place Ronnie. Third place, Chris, and sixth place, Josh. If you're looking for insight, well, we talked about it, Chris and I did, in that interview. So, you know, I don't think we need to rehash that. And the last thing I want to do is I want to pull up the basketball spreadsheet because with the regular season ending, we have the player awards and stuff to go over. Your 2023 all-DSAC team. Point guard, Damian Lillard. Shooting guard, Jay Gilders Alexander. Jason Tatum at small forward. That's Lillard for Ronnie, SGA for Mike, Tatum for Alex. Power forward, Lori Markinen for Nathan. Center, Nikola Jokic for Nathan. Center, Joel Embiid for Barry. Guard, Tyrese Halbert for Paolo. Forward, Kevin Durant for Josh. And the three utility spots, Donovan Mitchell for Ping, Mikhail Bridges for Mike, Demontis Sabonis for Chris. MVP, Nikola Jokic. Value MVP, Brooke Lopez. Rookie of the Year. Walker Kessler, love to see that. The all-rookie team guards Trey Murphy for, I believe that's Ping, Desmond Bain for Paolo, forwards Franz Wagner for Mike, Scotty Barnes for Keith, and at center, Walker Kessler for Ronnie. That is all there should be to talk about for base or uh, basketball. Um, yeah, nothing else administrative to talk about. So let's wrap things up here. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much to Chris for coming on, spending a little over an hour with me. Appreciate that. And I will catch you all next week.